rugged cross on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best are a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling someday for a crown Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above I will cling to the 
chose to come down live a perfect life and then give it up on that cross an old rugged cross but you know he wasn't out of control he was in control I said last week we were all here he made the tree that they hung him on what a savior what a great creator Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Shew me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me into thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have never been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor the, my transgressions according to thy mercy. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, and therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with him that fear him, and he will shew them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. O oh, keep my soul, and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God out of all his troubles. So return with me. Isaiah read for us this morning, Psalm 25. Now last week, we were over in 1 Peter chapter 2, and we talked about the way that, that chapter uh, comes to a conclusion, where Peter says, the Lord is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. We were all here, so I'm not going to go over all that again. But just uh, for perspective purposes and direction from last week's message to this message, we will look at it for just a second. He's the shepherd and bishop of our souls. So the, the shepherd, we covered some of what shepherd life was like, even in the life of King David. Brother David was a great shepherd because he loved and protected the sheep. He risked his life for those sheep. He took care of those sheep because they were his. He loved them. And such a type of the Lord was he. He carried our sins in his own perfect body on that old rugged cross that we just sang about. He willingly did that. He was separated from that body for three days that we might be separated from this sinful body that we have. You see, he bought that 
place for us. That position in Him that we've acquired through faith and through belief, He paid for it. He bought it. That's what makes it such a sure thing. Oh, the surety of the saints. It's a great, great study because it gives peace in the heart to know that I'm not in control. I'm not the bishop of my own soul. But the great shepherd is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our shepherd. We looked at the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd, I shall not want or need anything because I'm leaning on him and those everlasting arms. Now, Psalm 25. Now this is a psalm of a shepherd. So keep that in mind. This is a psalm of David. He was a shepherd. He was familiar with the keeping of sheep. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So what does that mean? Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. It reminds me of when I was a little bitty kid, the prayer that I was taught at night to pray before I could go to sleep. Some of you may may also have prayed. I don't know. I'm a lot older than y'all are. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. There's the shepherd and bishop of my soul. From two or three years old, I don't know when it was. It was longer than I can remember. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's that separation that Jesus bought for us. We are going to be separated from this body. Oh, but to be absent from here is to be there with Him. Unto thee, O Lord, my Lord, do I lift up my soul. That's trust in Him. That's dependence on Him, isn't it? That's standing on Him. And by trusting in Him, depending on Him, standing on Him, what are we trusting in? What are we depending on? What are we standing on? The truth of His Word. It matters, doesn't it? We can look around. It's already been stated here by Brother Chuck some this morning. We can look around in our community, in our state, in our country, in the world, and we can see people putting their trust, their reliance, their dependence on things that aren't going to stand when this separation comes about. Oh, but David knew. He had to depend on the shepherd. Those sheep that he carried through their lives depended on him completely. And he knew that relationship, see. Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let my enemies not triumph over me. And we may think and even say, I don't really have any enemies. In my life, you know, I'm friendly to everybody. Everybody's friendly to me. But I don't really have any enemies. Nobody waiting for me to come home to rob me or shoot me or anything that I know of. But sometimes I think we lose sight of where the battle is. And it's important that we remember what's going on in our daily lives and in our minds, in our ways of thinking, the thoughts that come to us, the thoughts that we... Uh, generate within ourselves and that we 
get from other outside influences. Where is the battle going on? I mean, David talks a lot about his enemies, and he had them physically, not just spiritually. We need to remember that the battle is a spiritual battle. And to remember that, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6. I know most of y'all know exactly where I'm going with this, but that's all right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is where we'll start. Now David's talking about he trusts in the Lord. He relies on the Lord. He depends on the Lord because he has enemies. We have enemies too. A lot more than we see in our daily lives. Unless we are aware of and remember where the battle is. So we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Yes. And verse 10. Finally, my brethren, and we know that who this is, Paul, he's talking to uh, the church at Ephesus. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Does it say, and in all the strength that you've built up in this life in following the Lord? No, it doesn't, does it? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How can we be strong in the power of His might? By faith in Him. By reliance on Him. By total dependence on Him. He tells us how to do it. I've taught this here many times, so we won't go in great depth. But verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God. Why do I need to put on armor? Am I in a battle? Yes, I am. And it's a spiritual battle. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do we have an enemy? Absolutely. And he's God's enemy. And we have record of the beginnings of this battle, this conflict, in the Garden of Eden, don't we? We do. The enemy's the same. His tune's the same. He's still telling the same lie. Oh, God didn't mean that. You don't have to take that Bible like it's really for you that God really meant that. He didn't really mean that. That's what the enemy is telling us today. How do we fight against that? How do we stand against the wiles of the enemy? Verse 12 says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's that. I said I don't really have any enemies in my daily life. I'm friends with most everybody. Oh, but it's because my enemies are not flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. Yes, this world is not just, uh, how do you say, unorganized in its darkness. No, it has a ruler. It has a leader, doesn't it? The little G God of this world is the enemy of our God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
we're just little, we're just lowly. But let me tell you, the opposition that we have comes from spiritual wickedness in high places. That's right. Wherefore, take unto you, verse 13, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand within the evil day. Do you think we're trying to stand in the evil of the day, day today? I think we are. I think we are. Having done all to stand. Now, what? how does David tell us to stand? On the Lord. Relying on the Lord in everything that we be not ashamed. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. It matters, doesn't it? It does. It matters what we preach. It matters what we listen to. It matters what we learn and apply to our lives. It matters for us to stay on that straight and narrow path that God has designed for us and initiated, by the way, our path. Stand, therefore, verse 14. Stand for what? Stand for the truth. Stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be not ashamed to stand for it in your life. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. This girt, this belt, what does it do? It holds everything together, doesn't it? It does. That's what the truth does. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, this righteousness, well, what's the breastplate do? It, it covers our heart, doesn't it? God said He's given us a new heart. And this new heart's protected, isn't it, by the breastplate of righteousness. My righteousness? No. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. He lived it out. God was pleased with it. He gave it up. And God applied it to you and to me. How did He do so? The righteousness of Jesus Christ that He lived out and gave up for you has been imputed to you. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. What a Savior. I said I wasn't going to get into this, but here I go. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked by believing and trusting in Him. Faith. And remember, Jesus is the author of that faith. And he's also the finisher of that faith. All that we need, he's provided. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all prayer and the truth will give you strength on it alright back to our psalm verse 2 said oh my God I trust in thee let me not be ashamed let not my enemies triumph over me yea let none that wait on thee, be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without a cause. 
Oh, but let us not be ashamed or afraid to uh, convey the truth about Jesus Christ. Peter told the Lord he would never deny him, didn't he? He meant it. You can believe he meant it. He once said, if all these other people deny you, I won't. But depending on his own strength, he did, didn't he? And the Lord called him out on it too, didn't he? With a rooster that crowed after the third time. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. We must depend on him for strength. We need him in our daily battle. He continually does this. Verse 4 says, Lead me in thy truth. Are you in the truth? You trust in the truth? You believe in the truth? Praise the Lord. He led you there. And He's doing it today. He continually leads us in truth. On thee do I wait all the day. Again, there's that word wait. It's to count on, isn't it? It's to rely on. It's to depend on. It's to trust in. It's to stand on Him. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. The psalmist also said, Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. And it is, isn't it? Verse 7, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake. What does Psalm 103, 12 tell us? That the Lord has put our sins as far as the east is from... Let me get this right. As far as east is from the west. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake. Do you get that? It's the works of Jesus. Is salvation by works? Yes, by the works of Jesus Christ. But not by my works. Not by my righteousness, because I don't have any righteousness. If there's any good in me, it's the Lord in me. It's not me in me. Again, the righteousness that Jesus Christ earned by living it out his 33 and a half years has been applied to you. Remember thou me for thy goodness' sake. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners the way. What way? His way. He teaches us his way. His way is always the right way. The meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. You remember the, some things about the meek, don't you? Psalms 37, the 11th verse says, They shall inherit the earth. You know there's a new earth that God's creating. And you're going to inherit it.
All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, verse 10, unto such as keep His covenants and His testimonies, His Word, the Gospel, the truth. For Thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Verse 12, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. I want you to notice something. I, I realize all the he's in this verse are small h's. But the only one that should be a small h is the first one. What man is he, that's a man, that feareth the Lord? Well, he's a wise man, isn't he? Where does wisdom begin? In the fear of the Lord, isn't it? Like Brother Chuck was saying earlier, the Lord brings us to the end of ourselves and we experience the fear of the Lord. And wisdom enters into our minds and heart. What man is he, little he, that feareth the Lord? Him, little h, I'm sorry, there are two that should be small. Him, still the man, shall he teach, capital he. Shall he or God teach in the way that he shall choose? Who chooses your way? And the Lord, he does. Capital he. God does. What man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he chooses. Who is him? He that fears the Lord. He that's gained wisdom by the imputation of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His soul shall dwell at ease. There's that peace. A knowing that Jesus didn't just die randomly. He died for you. And He paid the price for you and your sins. His soul shall dwell at ease and His seed shall inherit the earth. There we are again. Inheriting the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He will show them His covenant. Praise the Lord that what you know about Him in truth He has shown you. Capital He. The Lord Himself. The Holy Spirit of God has revealed Him unto you. Mine eyes, verse 15, are ever toward the Lord for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. What net? The net that the enemy, the Bible says, has privily, secretly laid to trip you up. Turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and pain and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many. We think we don't have any. But when we think about it spiritually, we see that we do have many, don't we? The world is against us, that's for sure. They don't want to hear the truth. Why? Because it hurts. It hurts me too. But it's a good hurt. Oh, keep my soul, verse 20, and deliver me. There's the shepherd bishop of your soul again. 
One other thing I wanted to point out in verse 12, and I missed it. And that's the word teach. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. That word teach, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, call, call, paw, paw, something like that. But the primitive root of this word properly means to flow as water. Figuratively, it, figuratively, it means to aim or to point or to point out. God's word is purposely pointed toward your heart. And it flows like water. God's in control, isn't he? Is he a sovereign God or what? He truly is. All right. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me, verse 20. Let me not be ashamed, for I do put my trust in thee. I do wait on thee. I do depend on thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. I talked to some fairly, a gentleman fairly recently. He came here when I was working on the church building one day and talked to him. And I mentioned that the Bible says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their nation. And he told me, he said, that has nothing to do with us. Nothing. That was strictly for Israel. But I'll tell you, this whole book is for us. All of it is. Israel, Jacob, was God's family, wasn't he? And God made of him a great nation. God's nation. The nation of Israel. Spiritually, we are in the bosom of Abraham. People don't like it when I say that we are spiritual Israel. But we are. We're God's people, aren't we? Spiritually grafted in, adopted. Praise God. What a Savior. Let's trust in Him. Let's depend on Him this week coming up. Let's not be ashamed to tell what He's done for us and what He's prepared for our future. He's a great Savior, isn't He?